the fire. You know, as a therapist, the worst kinds of parents are parents who dictate and control the outcome of their children in every step of the way. And can you imagine if everyone of your children had to end up exactly the same? If you had to deny their individual skills, their unique temperament, their effort, their persevering spirit and struggles, you would have to literally squash all of that and spoon feed them one way of looking at things. For those who have had uncaring parents, I think that the equity parents would be even worse. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. Hello, hello, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. And welcome to Through the Fire, where each week we try to take on the topics in our culture from a Christian worldview, Mm -hmm. giving you the tools you need to take on the challenges that all of us face each and every day. And one of the ways we can do that is to help clarify issues a bit. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's what we are going to try to do today when we engage on today's topic of equality versus equity mm-hmm. right yeah because that's it's out there today and everyone's getting again uh, duped by the discussion i think but. yeah and i i'm hoping that this is going to be helpful it's certainly worth fighting for mm-hmm. uh one will destroy us in the end even though it sounds really pretty mm-hmm. and makes grandiose promises you know to the contrary mm-hmm. i know that you mm-hmm. in particular have a real passion for this so why don't you set the stage well thank you honey I, I do have a passion for this you might say that I'm compelled by this discussion because fighting for equality has always been a part of my work you know whether it was been in New York City well our, actually our work in yes. New York and in LA and Dallas mm-hmm. in the neighborhoods and communities we've served but that effort has been supplanted by this notion of equity which promises mm-hmm. to cure all of our ills through the coercive power of, of a big government program and in the end, equality is what gives us a shot at being human, civil, tolerant of each other as we strive for the kind of life we want to live in our families and churches and communities. But this other view, equity, it steals, and it really does. It steals that opportunity from virtually everyone. It limits choices, opportunities of everyone. Um, It rewards both excellence and laziness the same, which finally destroys excellence. And -hmm. it promises the same outcome for everyone, which, if history is any guide, is just misery, just all the same all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to kind of figure this out because we can't let equity and equality be kind of mashed into one concept. Right. And you found and shared an article with me that you found recently uh, that was titled Moving Our Focus from Equality to Equity Won't Defeat Racism. It's another kind of racism. Mm -hmm. And it was written by, you know, a person we mutually admire, you know, Dr. Ben Carson. And I think he gets right to the heart of the discussion, really, by pointing out that one form of racism is never vanquished by merely another form of racism, right? right? In that article, he talked about his own experiences, like I did in, in the last uh, program that we just uh, did, mm-hmm. uh, about growing up poor, right? And uh, mine w- was not 
a poor existence, but he, he grew up poor um, and in a single parent household in Detroit. And My the fact hometown. that, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that equality of access to the library, to books, to school, not equity, is what gave him a real chance mm-hmm. in America in spite of the challenges to the contrary, you know, racism included. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of Dr. Carson. We had him speak at our event in Washington, D.C. He, he's right. an incredible person with an Great incredible thinker. message. And again, I hate how he gets caricatured mm-hmm. uh, out there today. I love the writing. Of, of intellects like him, uh, Dr. Thomas Sold, Dr. Walter Williams, mm-hmm. uh, and even a stats person, she's an Anglo gal, but Heather McDonald, you know, because they really care about um, equality and empowerment, right? right? They demonstrate that equal access plus hard work plus strong families equals success and opportunity in America. Mm-hmm. And when the government tinkers with that by promising equal outcomes, mm. it doesn't not only doesn't work, it destroys the good that we already have. Right. And so equal access, and this is key, it's about empowering people to give them a chance to be the best they can be. And that works. Mm-hmm. It's the best. That, and the other thing, it's the best that the government can do. You know, we have to start to understand government can't do everything. And that's the best it can do for you and for me and even the best that your family can do for you so that you can begin to do for yourself. Yeah. So, you know, wow, you know, there's really a lot to talk about and, you know, less than <laughs> 30, 30 minutes. minutes or less, really. You know, I think, though, before we dive in, I think it would be helpful right. uh, for our listeners uh, to explain the difference between equality and equity, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. And so let's, yeah. Let, I'm going to let you do that. Well, okay. okay? So th- just think of it this way. Uh, equality, I think you're right. You know, we got to make sure we know what we're talking about. Equality is the foundation of a free society, and it means equal access to things like mm-hmm. education, participation, the political process and equal justice before the law. It's kind of the fight to get everyone to the same starting line. Mm-hmm. So there are issues like in the racial issues of our country, even in some of the other uh, issues that ethnic folks had coming to our country, that was a problem. They weren't allowed to be at the same starting line. So some people were not given equal access to the opportunities of being in America. Um, By the way, like I said, this happened to lesser degrees to Catholics, to Irish, to Germans, to Italians back in the day. Mm -hmm. And it's actually happening to the Asian community today uh, for a whole different reason. But that's that's for another show. So when Americans um, have seen that we're not living up to those equal access ideals, we were rightly, uh, we we called ourselves on that. We we called ourselves out. Right. And that's what made Martin Luther King's phrase about his children someday being judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character so very powerful. Right. Yeah. If people have the same opportunities, uh, the same basic opportunities, then their efforts, skills, abilities, and perseverance would determine their life, not the dictates right. of, of some government official, bigoted or condescending. Uh, you know, we talked about my nanny's journey in America last week, and it's a journey of opportunity and access to opportunities in spite of bigotries or challenges to the contrary. And and now here you are, your grandmother's granddaughter, a Ph.D. psychologist with a mm-hmm. handsome husband and a beautiful <laughs> family. <laughs> I slipped that in, did you know? Yeah, that? Ever so gently, <laughs> smoothly. Um, you know, with a radio voice now, talking about being the best that you can be in a culture that still matters. And, and I guess that's why equity is such a corrosive, destructive concept to the contrary. So equity is about assuring that everyone's outcomes are the same in the end, no matter their unique gifts, no matter their unique abilities, no matter their hard work, their perseverance, no matter their attitudes towards others or themselves. So, you know, you have to think about this. Can you imagine all the choices that would have to be taken away from us and made for us for all of that to happen? It would be a terrible world to live in. 
Yeah, it really would be. But, uh, you know, my ever so handsome <laughs> husband, thank you for saying that. Yes. People really want to be me everywhere I go. I have to slip that in now. And, yeah, well, I know yeah. it, it gets in the way sometimes. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I just I need to focus. Even now, I cannot focus on, on what we're talking about. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but true. <laughs> Nonetheless. No, but okay. But seriously, I mean, it sounds like... Uh, you were talking about why equity would be bad public policy. Right. And it sounds like you're also talking about why the government shouldn't be involved in this kind of stuff. But it's bigger, really. It's it's more serious than that, right? Yeah. So, you know, so again, when we talk about these things, it's usually that the government's going to make these decisions and we keep it there. But it's, it, it actually destroys the human spirit. It's a bigger issue. Um, equity destroys the, the, the cherishing of people's unique gifts and abilities that are given to us by God, the things that make you uniquely who you are. Um, um, equality of access gives us with freedom and opportunity, but then the rest of our lives, how we fashion our lives, it's up to us uh, to the support and encouragement of our family and, of course, our faith relationship to God. That's what gives us a sense of who we are, uh, whether we're experiencing success, struggle, or even at times failure. And you know um, the things that, that kill people's spirit. Uh, you deal with those kind of things all the time. Yeah, I, I do. Let me add something here. Uh, you know, equity destroys incentives. It really does. And the first time that I professionally encountered this scenario, I was serving as a counselor in a university. Mm-hmm. And um, a student, a young man, came to me, and, and I was counseling you know, him for multiple Uh, issues, really, you know, uh, there was a really serious concern. But what emerged out of uh, my counseling time with him was that he was scheduled to graduate, you know, that year. And he intentionally, deliberately began failing his courses. Oh, did he? Absolutely. It was it was mesmerizing because he was just such a smart young man. And he had such a high GPA. And all of a sudden, he he was just failing everything. And so I asked him, why was he doing this? And, And he bought into the idea, the theory of equity, being taught at the school, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, this idea of equity, and this was a Hispanic-serving institution, and this was a young Anglo uh, student um, who bought into this theory of equity. And he had a brother who was two years ahead of him, and his brother had not yet achieved, had not yet accomplished, had not yet earned the right to graduate. So let me reiterate. This is his older brother, wow. and his older brother who you know, typically sets a stage, right? Had not achieved. Typically, yeah. yeah, typically. Had not accomplished and had not earned the right, earned the right to graduate. But this young client of mine reached down, okay? He dipped down and decided, well, he's not going to allow himself to graduate before his brother. Wow. And he bought into this belief of the lowest common denominator. And intentionally did Intentionally worse. sabotaged himself. The perception of privilege and accomplishment and expertise as being evil, bad, uncaring, mean. Please understand how this is a dangerous belief to embrace. It stagnated him. It allowed him to willingly embrace what was presented to him in the university without questioning authority or so-called experts. Um, You know, he essentially embraced the theoretical positive mediocrity, especially within family units. You know, it was awful. So although he was so very capable of so very much more, he lowered and limited himself to the lower expectations and performances that were set by his very troubled brother. So, you know, equity chips away at our being the best that we can be. And it destroys the possibility of a humane civil society, too. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about reaching down, you know, it's one thing to reach down to serve, to care about each other. But even then you bring your best. Right. You bring your best. So we're not talking about a a view of humility. We're talking about a view that says, I won't strive to even be my best Mm -hmm. in my humility. Right. 
What you know? So that's I think that's Dr. Carson's point. He said if equity, the dictative, enforced equality of outcomes, is emphasized in a culture, then the whole culture begins to sink mm-hmm. into that abyss of what he calls resentment, false expectation, and government coercion just to be happy with whatever they dictate mm-hmm. to your life. So that's equity. Mm-hmm. It's the power of a recast racist government where it starts to determine who gets the goodies that can't be resisted um, and somehow it's going to right the wrongs of a previously racist government which yeah. was finally which was actually resisted at great cost so mm-hmm. it's kind of like lunacy just in reverse and and it carries the same temptations for the government to do uh, not what is best for all but what is best for some especially uh, and I hate to say this government guys do what's mm-hmm. best for those who voted for them absolutely and, absolutely and leave it at that but so equity and equality that's why we got to keep they're, they're very different things mm-hmm. equality makes the promise of getting every Everyone to the same starting line. Right. We got to fight for that. Right, with a challenge to live a life that is incumbent upon the individual. Equality doesn't mean that you're standing there alone, but it does call you to rely on yourself, your mm-hmm. your family, your faith, your education, your commitment, your character to serve others, even as you strive for success. But equity. Okay. Equity, on the other hand, directs a person completely away from those things. And it teaches people, and after a while it conditions people to wait to get what they are told. Right. So why do you think people fall for or even accept the equality and equity are the same dialogue today? Well, first of all, great summary of what we were just talking about. I know. About. I'm so uh, good, right? <laughs> it is a, I amaze it, myself. It, okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's equity. <laughs> but, you know, now to your question. I, I think one of the reasons that people don't distinguish the two today is that our leaders are purposely making them sound as if they're the same. Mm-hmm. Equality, while it guarantees freedom and opportunity uh, that liberty offers, success from mm-hmm. the equality of access still requires effort, accountability, responsibility, like you said, and skill. And and equity sounds great, but it's someone else promising that they're going to give it to you. You know, you have the desires and we'll make sure it, we accomplish it for you. Mm. So it promises what an energetic life of freedom can promise with none of the effort, sweat, sacrifice, discipline, and even tears necessary to achieve that. So right. that's what's so disingenuous about it mm-hmm. because the people, the leaders that are making those promises, you know, I can give you equity, um, they, they can't. Because they can't take care of you better than you can take care of yourself. Ick. Yeah. yeah. So well, it's that's the... probably a better summary. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know, so it's the promise of fulfillment, really, without the effort, success, without the struggle. I mean, it's the oldest temptation of all. I think so. I was just thinking that, you know, I don't want that, not for myself, not for us, not even for our children or our future grandchildren. Mm-hmm. You know, as a therapist, I, I kind of, you know, know that the worst kinds of parents are parents who dictate and, and control the outcome of their children in every step of the way. Even, right. I mean, boundaries are, don't even exist, right? And can you imagine if everyone uh, uh, of your children had to end up exactly the same? If you had to yeah. deny their individual skills, their unique temperament, their effort, their persevering spirit and struggles, you would have to literally squash all of that and spoon feed them one way of looking at things, one way of seeing the challenges and opportunities of today with one expectation of how things would turn out for them. You know, for, for those who have had 
uncaring parents, I think that the equity parents would be even worse. And that's and that's what it's hard to imagine, right? So I mean, it's a great point. And even if you look at it from a personal standpoint, yeah. uh, and then just project it onto what a bad you know a government shouldn't do that, and neither should even a family do that. So no. uh, that's why equality, not equity, matters. Um, one empowers people, gives hope. The other destroys hope as it removes choice and, and makes this promise that all uh, people will come out the same in the end. Uh, but that promise, folks, by the way, is impossible to be kept by sinful, broken people like us on top of all of this discussion. Right. And you mean mm-hmm. sinful, broken people like you? Uh, like I'm us. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking truth to power right now, folks. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> so in our second half, though, of the program, we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, you know, how can we fight against this temptation, this bad perspective of, of looking for equity, looking for others to do for us what we should do for ourselves, mm-hmm. and how how we can encourage people to make the best of their equal opportunities, even as they fight for everyone to have those same opportunities. But before we do, uh, why don't you share a little bit about uh, condescent counseling, where you do get pe- to help people deal with the frustrations of maybe not getting a fair shake in this world and still making the best of it among so many of the other issues as well. Ah. Take, a, take a moment. Well, thank you. Okay. Uh, you know, actually, as we were talking about this, a couple of people came to mind. So I had a retired gentleman that I um, was privileged to work with not that long ago. And uh, you know, he was very, very successful and high-level executive. And he never, ever developed a hobby. So when he retired, he had absolutely nothing to do. <laughs> so he didn't. He didn't know what to do. And he started to develop anxiety and it started to go into depression. So, you know, he came and, and uh, we got him started. One of the best things a person can do uh, when they start having anxiety or any kind of emotional uh, dysregulation is to exercise. Mm-hmm. And he started exercising and, and he started feeling really great. Mm-hmm. And he took it up a level to uh, soft, slow jogging. Mm-hmm. And he really loved it. So he started taking some courses uh, that for seniors, you know, like se- senior sneaker type courses. And he loved it and decided to get certified. So then he decided he's going to train seniors as a business. So he developed a whole other business out of this. And, you know, then I have these two women who, you know, because things, life is hard, you yeah, know. It is, folks. It is. And they decided that they wanted to start uh, a business. They're each, you know, they don't know each other. They're, these are independent stories. And one of them, so she came in and, you know, gave her some assessments. We mapped and time framed some goals and worked out a plan for her. And in one year, she's tripled her income. You know, it, when you deal with the world as it is, but then you use your skills, abilities, and, of course, the faith that empowers you to keep going. Exactly. Because, listen here, there are no fairy godmothers here in my counseling. <laughs> <laughs> there are no fairy godmothers. I mean, these women and these men, you know, they're doing the work and they're making the things happen. But they're taking these opportunities. And but it's nice to have a reflecting voice that, that can give them some of that focus. Yeah, and, and help them and support them and direct them and, and when needed. So thank you for that. And if anyone is interested in, in following up with us or or helping to explore your opportunity. So please do contact us at Condescent Counseling, Coaching, and Consulting. Uh, that You can look us up on the website. It's uh, cccc-usa.com. That's cccc-usa.com. So uh, let's get back to the topic for today. Okay. Equality, yes. Equity, no. There's a simple way you can say it. Yeah, equality, yes. <laughs> equity, no. So, you know, how can we fight against uh, this temptation, this really bad perspective of looking for equity, looking for others to do for us what we should do for ourselves? And how can we encourage people, our children included, to 
to make the best of their equal opportunities, even as they fight for everyone to have those same opportunities? Well, first, you know, we can get a little Bible wisdom here. You know, the Bible does talk about God giving us all unique gifts and skills, and, and we should cherish those differences and try to help and empower those differences in each other, even help people become the best that God created and redeemed them to be. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. it means to be a parent mm-hmm. uh, of unique children. That's why there are commandments, too, like thou shalt not covet mm-hmm. and thou shalt not steal. So when we see people's different ability skills and all those things and how they get certain things that we would know that's not how we approach that um, and then when anyone especially the government takes from people what is rightfully theirs and gives it to people whether they deserve it or not nothing good can come from that in the long run mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. so I mean right off the bat just just get a little biblical basic wisdom and mm-hmm. apply that to this discussion uh, and I think that's why Dr. Ben Carson said that fighting racism with another form of racism doesn't work right I mean Dr. Carson speaks of other biblical principles too that uh, you know that should guide us as well I mean he says most important those alive today are not culpable for misconduct that took place before they were born right. and it would be unjust to hold them responsible for it he also says it would be also unjust to provide benefits to those who are not actual victims of that conduct. You know, there's so many basic biblical principles, like you shouldn't even listen to somebody if there's not two witnesses or more. Right. And and these are the kind of things that prevent us from being the worst that we can be to each other. Right. You know, and so, yeah, we got to listen to these things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's biblical wisdom for a reason. Yeah. I mean, listen, God treats us first as individuals. Right. And when unjust laws are in place and, uh, you know, we have a responsibility to eradicate them for sure. But determining the outcome of other people's lives, you know, because of a group or whatever, that's not for us to decide. That's surely not for governments right, to decide. Not their role. No. And so those issues uh, get us back to the biblical focus of family, church and community and our own personal responsibility to those who, you know, who make up our sphere of service. Oh, I like that. Sphere of service. No, I, I mean, that's serious because that's that's one of the big things to, to lose focus on where your focus should be in sphere of service. If, we, if we're going to fight to get, you know, back this falsehood that equality and equity are the same, that they're both things we should fight for, we need to first clarify the differences of those terms mm-hmm. and tell people the, truthfully the results. But your point's even better. We ultimately have to teach ourselves again, teach our children right. the proper focus and perspective on our lives. We should focus on our personal accountability, the use of our own skills and abilities. Uh, to their fullest and then dedicate ourselves, I love that, to our sphere of influence because mm-hmm. that kind of life, and it's still going to be difficult and challenging, sure. but it's going to be fulfilling in the end. And here it comes, even if there are disparities in equity. <gasps> because in a free society, actually when people make choices, there is going to be equity disparities. Uh, absolutely. And I like what you said about thou shalt not covet. A coveting heart and mind always, I mean, it always gets in the way of living life properly, it does. right? I mean, it does. I mean, it focuses on what a person doesn't have, and it saps their strength to have and to receive with gratitude what God has gifted them to receive and share with those that they love. And and, and just use some wisdom and from don't. your personal <laughs> lives. You know, equity, we see it all the time. You know, when people say, well, I want every child to have the same trophy at the end of the game or not keep score. It doesn't work. Yeah. Um, now, we don't want to win at all costs, but we know the value of excellence, hard work, playing by the rules. Right. But again, playing to, you know, to be best. And like I said, if you keep your focus on your sphere of influence, it'll prevent you from being a selfish version of that right, for sure. Right, right. So the idea of equality motivates us to be the best we can be the idea of equity destroys that you know and again there's all kinds of other things we could talk about but 
It, it all equity assuring the same outcome always leads to the abuse of power in the hands of a few. It defies human nature, uh, especially the reality that we're broken, sinful people. Um, uh, yeah. We're inclined not to strive for what's best. So equity is just going to force us to be the the worst that we can be. It defies the reality that God gives different gifts and abilities to people. It defies the reality that hard work and perseverance and a desire to serve our neighbor creates better outcomes. Uh, mm-hmm. Gosh, and it defies the divine yeah. plan of work, right. benevolence, and community. I love this. You know, St. Paul said it in, in 2 Corinthians 9. He said, each one of us must give as we've decided in our hearts, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. And then later on, he talks about the value of work. He says, you should work, and no one should be idle. So why? So that you have something to give, but give freely, mm-hmm. not to have someone else take it from you and give it on their behalf. So right. I love that. Cheerful. It's a whole different way of life, this way of equality. Sure. Absolutely. And I want to add a few more thoughts regarding the personal injury of mistaking or accepting the equity scheme. I mean, it really is reaching down rather than up. It's playing to the least common denominator. There will be no dreams that can come uh, to fulfillment because there will be no creativity, because there will be no motivation, because there will be no reward for effort or accomplishment. And why is that? Because everyone must end up the same. Right. The journey doesn't matter because the outcome's already known. So equity is completely disempowering. It's mm-hmm. terrible when uh, individual, you know, creativity and responsibility and accountability dithers. Then we have a corporate uh, or shared suffering with no solution, mm-hmm. and the individual ceases to matter. I mean, empowerment comes with equality. Equality brings us to the starting line. Everyone to the starting line, and how we individually run that race determines how it ends. And uh, we don't, you know, look at the runner next to us to tie our shoelaces (laughs) for us and expect them to stop their strive to assist us, right? I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, we have fair rules, fair opportunity. Right. I mean, we have freedom to prepare and train to perform. Our outcome is based on our preparedness, our skills, our dedication, our work. But, uh, But listen, your work in Washington is especially needed today, listen, because there are a lot of politicians and leaders who believe that equity is the answer, especially as practiced by them. Yeah, because they'll be the ones in control. Yeah, they're going to solve all our problems. Mm -hmm. And bigger government solutions will somehow make all of our problems go away. How can we not only fight that, but what should we be fighting for? Well, again, so we've been talking about this from a personal standpoint, equity and equality, and that should hopefully motivate you and clarify it. But then there's this government stuff, too. And and that's the final thing we want to just tell you. Um, I just think to keep it simple, we should demand that the government act like, I'd say, officials at a basketball game or officials at a football game. They have a role to play, Mm -hmm. but they don't play the game. And they're not supposed to determine the outcomes. In fact, we all make the rules. They don't right. even make the rules. Right, that's excellent. So shall we, we should demand that our, that our government, our laws uh, are limited. We keep it that their job is to keep things fair, equal access, equal protection. We, they should promote laws that incentivize that sphere, like you mm-hmm. talked about, the family structure, because that's really what's best for children, best for equal opportunity if you come from a good family. Uh, mm-hmm. Stress in our family and our communities, the common values mm-hmm. of finishing a school, your schooling, getting a job, discipline. Uh, Discipline your sexual life so you don't have a baby till after you're married. If you right. do that, you will be successful in America. And then fight for equal access to quality education. We're, we're a parental choice uh, entity because we think, again, right. parents have the responsibility of raising their kids. That'll get That's every right. kid to the, the starting line. So, And then finally, equal justice 
under the law. So mm-hmm. if you're fighting for those things in government, you're actually fighting for equality. Mm-hmm. And the people who are saying, no, don't worry about it, the government will make all the decisions for you, that's the equity, equity. crowd. Yeah, bad, bad stuff. So what you said is just excellent, really, really good. So, you know, equal access personally and even culturally works. It does. Yeah. So let's defend it, support it, and best of all, put it to work and not be so concerned with what others have that we might want. I think so. I yeah. Think you're, and we can do that. We yes. can absolutely do that. And we can, as Dr. You know, Carson says, instead of uh, treating people only as representatives of larger groups, let's get back to treating people as individuals, right? Instead mm-hmm. of tearing down institutions, let's work together to make them better. Mm-hmm. Together, um, we, we must strive for a, a more perfect union in which people are judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And we can take the lead on this uh, in, in a culture that is waiting for others to, to make the big decisions for us. Yeah, I love that. Uh, let me say the same thing another way. Let's, as the church, you know, as, as followers of Jesus, let's focus on our personal opportunities afforded to us by God and by country. Let's focus on our efforts, on our spheres of influence, mm-hmm. as you know, we've been talking about. Let's put the government in its proper place. Let's get back to not be the government not being the center of our lives, but an agency of equal access and equal protection. And for the rest, you know, government at its best should be an afterthought. That's right. Church, family, in community, that's life. Right. And surely not waiting for edicts from on high, that's tyranny. Or worse, uh, unrelenting boredom mixed with fear <laughs> just because someone else is in control. Yeah. Indeed, yes. So let's make the best of our equal access. Give it our all. Take Mm -hmm. responsibility for what we say and what we do and commit our way to God and our effort to our families and communities. I mean, I think that's a recipe for success that can overcome a lot of obstacles and Mm -hmm. bless others even as God blesses you. Absolutely right. And I just think what a great way to live life to its fullest. Absolutely. So remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world. The one that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. See See you you soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media, familyvisionmedia.org.